Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, thank you oh so much for the many things you've blessed us with all throughout this day. Such a beautiful day it's been. And now the awesome opportunity to get back in your word. Help us now as we do that. So we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Continuing our Bible study from A to Z in the word knowledge, we'll turn to Colossians in chapter 3. You know, this is a letter to the church at Colossae written by Paul to help teach them Christian behavior here in chapter 3. We'll get right into it in verse 1. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Risen with Christ is speaking of being born again, speaking of being a Christian. This continues. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Pretty clearly understood there is our goals and desires for our life should be designed to think about things for eternity rather than just things in this world. Granted, we must plan and, and prepare to live in this world, but not let that be your priority. That's what he's speaking of. Your main priority needs to be the hereafter, not the here and now. Reset your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in Jesus. Now this ye are dead, it's ye are separated. Separated from the world in that way. Separated from the flesh, and have become spirit. We need to mortify those things, as he says on down here. It means to kill off or separate from the desires of the flesh. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. Now, killing off, separating from these things that he's pointing out here. Fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. Notice here, the children of disobedience. Those that are participating with such things as fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry, they are disobedient. Whether they are lost, worldly people, or whether they are backslidden Christians. They become disobedient. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked some time when ye lived in them. But now ye also put off all these. Now see, he's getting a little finer tuning here. Not just these ungodly behaviors that he mentioned earlier, but now he's getting deeper into the heart, the emotions, the desires. Verse 8, But now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds.
and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. And that's where we get our key word knowledge in this study. Is if we apply and put on the information that we can receive from studying his word and listening to the Holy Ghost, then we will be God glorifying, not dishonoring. Read that again. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. That's putting it off, mortifying it, separating from the deeds of the flesh, of the evil, of the dark, of the contrary to the will of the Lord. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him, after the image of Christ. That's why we have the title of Christian, Christ-like. Therefore, we need to model ourselves after Christ. He's given us the record that we have preserved, that we can study. Plus, he gives us the indwelling spirit of truth, the Holy Ghost, that can teach us and reveal to us what we need to do and not do to bring honor to the Lord. Verse 11, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Now, he's given us all the things we need to stop doing and the things that we need to focus on now is what we need to do to replace those things. How should we feel and what should we do? Since we know what we should not do now in verse 12. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. Now that charity is a sincere concern for someone else's well-being. It's not just giving of something of value in the material world, but to actually have a concern for someone else's well-being. That's where true charity is. And in verse 15 here, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. He plugs in being thankful all throughout the Word of God. It's so important to be thankful for what we have and what we're going to have. And sad to say, too many people are not thankful. They don't appreciate what they've already gotten or what they have or what they're going to have. But we're told over and over, be thankful. Verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Now see, that's wisdom that comes from Christ. Teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. It's one of the ways that we show our feelings for the Lord is by singing about it and rejoicing. 
Verse 17, And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Pointing out, once again, to be thankful. Be thankful. Over and over we see that through the Word of God. Be thankful. So we have the knowledge available to us. We have the guidelines. Chapter 13 here, verses 1 through 17, give us the do's and the don'ts. And it goes on to get some more details. He breaks it down into wives and husbands and children and fathers and, and servants and so forth. But we got to always be thankful. Receiving that knowledge, be thankful for it. Receiving the indwelling Spirit of the Holy Ghost that can guide us to tell us what to do and not to do. Be thankful for it. All the many blessings that we have now and what we have to look forward to for eternity. Be thankful. All right now turn on over to 1 Thessalonians in chapter 4. Here we see a different angle of this. We know that receiving knowledge and wisdom from the Lord is given to those who ask for it, that seek it, that study and listen. And he puts in here about we should not be ignorant. That means without knowledge. We shouldn't always have the knowledge that's available to us, have the desire to acquire that. Apply it correctly. And in here, one of the subjects that a lot of people talk about and we need to really look forward to, and you will be looking forward to if you're a born-again Christian, and that is the being caught up to be with the Lord, also known as the rapture. So he's doing a little teaching here in Thessalonians. This again is the writing of Paul to the church at Thessalonica. And get right into it here in verse 13 as he addresses but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others have no hope. Now, this ignorant is not an insulting stupid. It's without knowledge. That's what ignorant means. It means without knowledge. People use it as an insult, but sometimes our lack of knowledge is our fault, and we need to be called on it. But there's a lot of times that we just don't have the knowledge given to us yet because we're not mature enough to handle it or haven't listened up and received it. So as we see here again in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Let's look at this verse a little deeper. Concerning them which are asleep. Here he's pointing out those that are spiritually alive but physically dead. Those that are asleep in Christ. We also identify them as dead, but they are not truly dead because they are going to live for eternity. So he's referring to them here as asleep. And then sorrow not even as others which have no hope. Now this hope is that confident anticipation and expectation of the fulfillment of the prophecies and promises of God. We that are Christians have that. Those out there in the world that do not have that are the lost. Those that do not know Jesus Christ, that are not indwelt with the Holy Ghost. They don't have that confidence. 
And a brand new born-again Christian sometimes lacks the amount of confidence that they can have, the amount of hope that they can have that is available to them as they grow and get stronger and stronger. So here he wants to teach us and help us grow by us no longer being ignorant of the subject of being caught up. As he continues to cheat, teach here in verse 14, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, which is actually a requirement to be a Christian, even so, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. These are those that have passed away prior to the event that is unfolding here that he's teaching. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. We that are alive when this event unfolds, or those that are alive, are physically alive, he's speaking of here, when this event takes place, are not going to prevent them which are asleep. you got to look a little deeper in the use of the word prevent here, going back to the early 1611 King James Version English. Here it means not to proceed before. It's not that we're going to have the chance to blocking someone. It's like the ones that have passed away prior to the rapture, ones are going to be coming with the Lord, and they are going to receive this gift of a glorified body that we read about over in Corinthians sooner than the others. Read 15 again. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now this calling, this coming of the Lord, is not the last days coming when he comes down to establish the millennial kingdom. This coming is coming to catch up the Christians to go to be prepared to be judged and then return to establish the millennial kingdom. The rapture, being caught up. That's where we see in verse 17, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And the word rapture means to be caught up. Rapture is a transliteration of a word that is found in the Latin Vulgate. And we have it translated in King James as being caught up. And then finishing up in verse 18, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. The comforting knowledge of knowing what we have to look forward to the comfort that comes from that, the comfort of knowing that you're going to be caught up to be with the Lord, to meet Him in the air, because see, that's where it's talking about, together with them in the clouds, not all the way down onto the earth yet, because that happens at the last days, but here this is going to happen and initiate the last days. 
But we also know that when this event is unfolding, that right within a moment and a twinkling of an eye, we will receive that glorious body that he speaks of over there in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, in verse 50, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doeth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of the sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. That's the teaching that we have available. That's the knowledge that we have available, that we are going to be caught up to be with the Lord. And in that moment, in that instant, we're going to be able to put on a glorious body that will not corrupt. That means it will not wither away and die and have disease and pain and sorrow and suffering and so forth. And we're going to be living forever, be immortal, and we'll be with the Lord. Wherever He is, however He is, He's going to allow us to be there with Him and like Him. And that is so awesome. And that is something to truly be thankful for. And as He clearly puts, that we should not be ignorant. He says, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren. That means we shouldn't be without knowledge. We should study and continue to study. And always available there to us, let's go after it. Be hungry to receive it and gobble it up. All right, now turn to 1 Timothy in chapter 2. Now we see here a letter of Paul to Timothy. And Timothy was a young protege, one studying to be in the ministry and to be a pastor and a leader. Of the church, and here are some teaching from Paul to Timothy that we can also apply in our lives when we get into the ministry. That each and every one of us has been given the Great Commission to go out and preach and teach the gospel. Of, and here we see in First Timothy chapter 2, let's pick it up in verse 1. I exhort, therefore, that First of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. We need to pray for our leaders. It is ordained by God that we have leaders. The establishment of an organized civilization, a governmental system, was established by the Lord. And we need to always vote for those that are God-fearing to be in those positions. And if someone who has failed or is lacking in anything, we need to be praying for them to receive what they need, whether it be salvation or whether it be wisdom and knowledge. So we are instructed here to pray for our leaders. 
government leaders, as well as religious leaders. As it continues, verse 3, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, that we pray for those leaders. Even if it's one that you don't agree with, he's still in a position that the Lord has granted them to be in, and there's a reason for them to be there. So we need to pray, submit to the ordinances that are established. But there again, I caution you, just because mankind says you can do something or can't do something doesn't mean you put man's authority over God's authority. All right, let's hit one more time, verse 3 here. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. See, he wants everyone saved, including those leaders, those politicians, and those of authority. And, and they should receive that knowledge of the truth. Truth comes from the Lord. That knowledge that comes from the Lord, which is the truth. As it continues, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. For all, so it's to whosoever. We've got to always remember that. Even to those that you do not agree with politically, we still need to be praying for them. All right, now go to 2 Timothy. And here we see another letter sent to young Timothy to help him have the knowledge that he needs of the truth. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, pick it up in verse 1. This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. See, we can see the seasons changing. We can see the leaves turn. So we know the seasons are changing. We've been given revelation in His Word of God about the way things will be right before the rapture and before the beginning of the tribulation and so forth. So we can be with that knowledge when we study the Word of God and look around and see the signs of the times. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. We've surely seen a lot of perilous times, and they seem to be getting more and more prominent, more and more common. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy without natural affection, truce-breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. Very simply put, we see the evil and we see the ungodliness, we see it on the increase. As it continues, For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captivity silly women, laden with sins, led away with divers lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. They're constantly learning, the universities are full right now of people that are constantly learning and have no knowledge of truth. 
We clearly see this with the recent demonstrations at the various colleges. Some of the highest ranking colleges in the United States today are pitiful with the behavior of the students and the staff. The students are going in and being indoctrinated by the evil that is within those universities. Satan has placed his people in key positions to brainwash the children in all levels of education from the very beginning all the way through. But it seems here recently it's most prevalent or most evident in the universities with the way that they have gone out contrary to Israel through this war that's going on with Israel and Hamas and the followers of such attitude and behavior. So we see this attitude, plus we see the gay parades, we see the transgender movement, we see the transgenders teaching the kids or reading to the kids in the schools or libraries. We see the brainwashing of our children and the increase of sinful behavior being displayed openly and promoted and it is clearly prophesied, and we are seeing it fulfilled. And here it says, Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Ever learning. They're still studying, professing themselves to be wise. Like he says over there in Romans. But becoming fools because they're... Constantly learning the lies, constantly learning the brainwashing that is now prominent in the school systems of all levels, right from the beginning all the way through into the more advanced brainwashing institutions. Sad, but that's prophecy, and that's on the increase. Let's read that again, right from the beginning all the way through in Second Timothy chapter 3. This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce-breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captivity silly women laden with sins, led away with divers' lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And he goes on and gives some examples of a couple that Moses was dealing with and so forth. So we know it's something that's not new, something that's been going on for a long time, and the closer we get to the last days, the more this is going to happen. And we clearly see it being increased around us, especially in this country for some reason. And this was a country that was established in Christian Judeo beliefs right from the very beginning, the foundation of this country, Christian-based country, but yet turning against the ways of the Lord, because we have too many people that are ignorant of the Lord, ignorant of the truth. They are 
without knowledge of the truth. So we that have been given the indwelling spirit of the Holy Ghost, that have been revealed the knowledge of the truth, need to get out there and continue to share it and display it in our lives and protect the children because that's where they first get to them. They start brainwashing them very early on in the public schools and sad to say, even in some of the private schools and even in some of the so-called Christian schools. This acceptance of the so-called new norm is very, very dangerous. The woke movement, which they are clearly not awake, and so many other things that are going on right now. But it is all because of what he said there. This know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. And those perilous times are truly on the increase. So let us all that have been given the knowledge of God go out and share that knowledge with others and always have that hunger to find the knowledge of the truth. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we truly thank you for the many, many things you have available for us. And we thank you for this time that you've given us to study your word. Help us to take what we've learned and go out and share it with others. Because we look around, we know there's a lot of them that really need it. And we thank you oh so much for allowing us to be a part of your work. As we pray in Jesus' precious holy name, amen. Thank you all.